0: welcome back to another youth centered podcast uh, i hope everyone is home healthy and safe um, we are entering week eight of the youth center being shut down um, and we're trying to continue our podcast i want to thank all of our guests we've had throughout the pandemic um, that have kind of helped us through this so today we got a very special podcast we have the one and only haley faye who is finishing up her sophomore year uh, with UMass Amherst. And she's gonna come in here and talk about a variety of things growing up in North Andover, working here at the YC. Uh, But we're gonna talk a little bit about her studying abroad and actual being abroad when some two really serious things, um, obviously the global pandemic, the most important, but other things that happened when she was abroad. We're gonna talk about those experiences, the feelings that she had with that, as well as having her sophomore year uh, at college cut short and actually her semester abroad being cut short and we're going to touch on a number of other things. So Haley, first of all, thanks for uh, coming into the uh, Youth Centered Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Haley, could you first start off, we'd like to ask our guest to give a little bit of a bio. Obviously, a number of people that will listen to this podcast, your family and friends know all about you, but for the people who are tuning in to hear about this topic and you in general, uh, tell us a little bit of who Haley Fay is from the young girl growing up in North Andover to the present sophomore at UMass Amherst.
1: Okay, so I moved to North Andover when I was five years old from Gloucester, Massachusetts. And I attended Kitchridge Elementary School in North Andover. And then I went on to go to the middle school and the high school. Um, In high school, I, well from age of second grade until sophomore year of high school, I danced very competitively at um, Nancy Chippendale's dance studios. So that was a big part of my growing up and I spent a lot of time at the dance studio. And in high school, when I decided to stop dancing, I got very into volunteering, and I volunteered a lot at the Youth Center, and I actually volunteered at Kidridge Elementary School, which is where I work now as a substitute teacher. I also um, volunteered at the Lawrence Soup Kitchen, and I did other um, other clubs at the high school as well, which kept me busy, and I really enjoyed doing that. And I actually like went on to do a lot of similar stuff at UMass Amherst. So I went to UMass, I graduated in 2018 and I went on to UMass Amherst where I had my freshman year of college and I absolutely loved it. And I had a job there and I volunteered at an elementary school. And um, I actually want to be an elementary school teacher when I'm older so this was good practice and I felt like it was a lot of good experience that was gonna help me in my future. And yeah.
0: Well, that's awesome. Um, Tell us a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit about North Andover High School. So it wasn't that long ago that you graduated, obviously, two years ago, Mm -hmm. six years ago that you actually started at the high school. Tell us a little bit of what your high school years were like academically, socially, and athletically.
1: So as I said, freshman year, I was very into dancing still, which is what I did um, athletically, and I actually did track for one trimester sophomore year, but I didn't love it, so I didn't do much athletically, which which led me to volunteering a lot. Um, Academics-wise, I really enjoyed school. Like, I loved a lot of my teachers. Like, I felt like I took a lot of good classes that helped me prepare for college. Um, Socially, I love to hang out with my friends after school and on the weekends, and we love to go to the football games and other games, like the lacrosse games. Um, some of my favorite teachers that I had, I, like I took AP U.S. History with Mr. Van Horn and I loved that class. He was a great teacher. Miss um, Wadica who taught my math classes, she was great. But my favorite class was probably Irish literature, which I just found so interesting because I had never learned much about the Irish culture and I thought that that was amazing to learn about because I didn't really see me learning about this in any other way, like in the future. So I loved this class, and I thought that I had a lot of great mentors surrounding me at the high school. Um, I was very close with my guidance counselor, Mrs. Coles. She always offered great advice and was able to help me, and she actually had a big part in deciding where I went to college because she helped me weigh out the pros and cons and really helped me understand that UMass Amherst was such a great choice for me. And she enrolled me in classes that were going to help me there. which. I felt like academically, I was very successful in high school, but I was a little nervous about going to college and continuing this. And I really felt like she helped prepare me for college.
0: Sounds like you had some great influential people at the high school, and mm-hmm. obviously you mentioned Ms. Coles and, and Mr. Van Horn. Let me ask you something. We've had a lot of people come on our podcast, high school students, and um, when we ask the questions about either favorite teachers, favorite classes, or favorite mentors, somehow, some way, Andy Van Horn's name always comes up. What, what makes him a good teacher or slash mentor to young kids here in North Andover?
1: I think that he just has such a relatable and positive attitude when he's teaching his classes he really i don't really know what it is but he's so engaging when he's teaching and he has a lot of great activities in his class that help people stay engaged like we used to have these discussion circles which it would just make people really want to participate and like express their opinions which is a lot more effective in my opinion than just like going through a PowerPoint or watching a video or something he always knew how to like kind of pump up the class when he came in because he had so much energy and that's something like I really admire because he puts so much work like into his career that it really shows and it makes his students really want to try because he's so like inspiring the way he teaches his class.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've gotten to be good friends with Andy Van Horn and we talk regularly even during this pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. We're both passionate people and uh, I think uh, the way he actually presents, uh, the way he engages kids and everything, it's impressive. How important is, that, is it to have a guidance council like Ms. Cole's in terms of four years and uh, preparing you obviously through the high school up and downs, but also getting off to head off to college? How important and, and what makes Ms. Cole so, um, so special?
1: I think it's so important to have a guidance counselor that you can really trust their opinion and get along with easily. I know some people that they didn't really have a bond with their guidance counselors and at times if they felt lost with certain things, they didn't feel comfortable going to them. Um, I think it's really important to have a good bond with her because obviously we're going to have some bad days in high school, some more than others, but the guidance counselor is really always there for you. So I would really recommend to anyone entering high school or in high school right now that you make a good bond with your guidance counselor because as you become a senior and you're so overwhelmed with trying to pick your college and make sure that you're gonna get into the college that you really want to like they're they're there to help you and like if they if you have a good bond with them they're gonna really help you and You're going to want that
0: yeah and a big shout out to our north end of a high school guidance under the leadership of steve nugent Um, this is unprecedented in terms of guidance counselors having to even do even more work um, during this whole not being at school and making sure our seniors are ready to head off to college and everything else so big shout out to them you've been actually involved obviously here at the youth center i know you have a great relationship with demi and other people uh, tell me how North Andover, the community of North Andover, how did it prepare you to be ready to leave home and go to college?
1: I think the community of North Andover has very strong morals. And I, since I grew up here, I grew up with those values that our town carries. And I think that's really important because going to college, everyone is so different. And like everyone comes from different places. And you're going to want to be able to respect everyone, different kinds of people, whether you're in class or you're in your dorms or anything like that. And I think North Andover and working at the U Center has really taught me how to interact well with people, which is something that I am really happy that I was able to do at UMass Amherst. Um, yeah, I love working at the U Center. I think that everyone's really kind and like very understanding if someone's having an issue or something like that. And we work really well together to make sure that all the kids who come to the U Center have a great time. And we teach other kids that it's okay to be different and you want to respect everyone, everyone's opinions, and play with everyone, whether it's at summer fun or middle schoolers who are coming to the youth center. And those are values that I really carried to college.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to talk a little bit later about your new role here at the center. Uh But let's take it through. you. Uh, your parents, two years ago, um, drive you out to Amherst and, and leave you out there. And, you know, obviously we have a ton of kids that go to UMass and UNH. Those are two of the bigger schools. But still, um, it's far enough away but close enough that you obviously can come home. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what it was like being a freshman at UMass Amherst some of the the peaks and valleys the adjustment um, how much you loved it out there um, just fill us in a little bit what was your first year like at UMass?
1: Well when I moved in on move-in day I was so nervous because I'm the oldest of three kids in my family so no one in my family like kids have gone to college yet I was the first one so I was very nervous but it was a little comforting to me that other kids I knew from North Andover were also going to UMass because I knew that I would have some familiar faces around campus. Um, I absolutely love UMass Amherst, and I've had such a great two years. Freshman year, I actually didn't have as hard of a time adjusting as I thought I would. Um, My best friend from home and now at UMass lived on the floor below me, so this helped me a lot, and I became close friends with everyone on her floor, who I'm still friends with to this day. Um, Academically, I, like freshman year, took a lot of gen eds and um, preliminary classes for my elementary education major, and I absolutely loved the classes. I thought all my professors were so great and helpful, and I was nervous about UMass being such a big school because I thought that the class sizes I wouldn't be used to, and I would maybe feel lost in those classes, but honestly, I don't even think it really affected me that much because the professors are so willing to help you even if they might not know your name right when you go to them. If you can easily make a bond with them, it's going to work out all fine. Um, Yeah, I I love it there. And I think that UMass really like cares about your education. And if you make the effort to go to your professors and ask for help, they're always going to be able to help you and you can create lifelong bonds with them. They can help you in the future.
0: So, you know, obviously you worked for us last summer you came back. uh, And I don't want to say people come back a different person because they don't necessarily come back a different person, but you can tell a little bit of the confidence and a little bit of, you know, how they act and everything, even with our summer programs. And I saw a little bit of growth with you on that. So take me as we head into the second year, you had obviously plans that you would like to study abroad. How did that even come about and how did it end up being the beautiful country of Australia?
1: So I kind of always knew I wanted to study abroad, but I would say the most common year of studying abroad is junior year. However, my friends at UMass um, all decided to go abroad sophomore year. So at first I was a little hesitant to be going this soon because I didn't know if I was ready yet and I was a little bit scared to be so far away from home because usually I'm only two hours from home in Amherst. But my close friend from North Andover she was going to australia abroad and i kind of always wanted to go to australia because my mom studied there when she was in college and my cousin also studied there a couple years ago when she was a junior in college so i thought it was good timing that she was deciding to go to australia and i was thinking that it would make me a little bit more comfortable to go with someone i knew being so far away from home so i decided to go uh, spring semester of sophomore year and i decided to go to australia i was actually thinking about going to italy for a little bit but i decided on australia because first of all i was excited to be in the warm weather and i didn't want to deal with a language barrier um i thought that was something important because i thought it would make my time easier and feel more like home if they were speaking the same language as me And I'd also just seen so many beautiful pictures of Australia, and I was really excited to travel within the country. I think a lot of times when people go to Europe, they're really excited to travel to the other countries within Europe because it's so easy. And this is something that I kind of wish that I was doing until I got to Australia and realized that different parts of Australia are also so different, even though it's not a different country, like Melbourne versus Sydney versus Gold Coast is all feels very different. And I actually had the opportunity to study, um, to go to Indonesia too, which was amazing because it was a very different culture compared to Australia. But I'm so happy that I decided to go to Australia because it was a great time everything was beautiful and the people are so kind there and it really made me feel at home when I was there.
0: So I didn't know you had a connection that your mother actually um, studied in Australia and you had a cousin too Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously I've never been to Australia virtually I feel like I've been to Australia I think it's a beautiful country from what I see Mm -hmm. Uh, tell me what it was like on that uh, The first thing I think about going to Australia I think about the the plane ride how long was the plane (laughs) ride what was that all like?
1: It was so crazy so basically when I was on the way there I flew from Boston to Dallas and And then I flew from Dallas to Sydney. And then I flew from Sydney to Cairns, which is where the Great Barrier Reef is. And I stayed there for a few days for my orientation with my program. And then it was another plane ride to Gold Coast. So I would say to get to Australia, it was probably upwards of 30 hours of travel between like getting off the planes, going to all the airports, and then boarding again. Like the plane ride from Dallas to Sydney was 17 hours. Wow, That's so a, it was crazy.
0: Good for you, though. All right, before we get into some of the when the craziness started, tell me. You know, let's talk more about the first month of uh, that you were there. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the culture, the people, uh, what the experience was like for you. For some of our listeners that are definitely thinking about doing a year abroad, a semester abroad.
1: Yeah, um, going to Australia was honestly the best decision of my life. I would definitely recommend studying abroad, no matter where you want to go, to anyone. Um, It's just so crazy to see people living in another country. I'd say in terms of Australia the people there are so friendly and They really like on like they're excited to meet you when they meet Americans like they think it's really cool And they want to know a lot about like our government and things like that They're very interested to hear what we think about our government and all of that Um, I would say that different parts of Australia have a different culture. My favorite place that I went to was called Byron Bay and it was about an hour drive from where I was staying in the Gold Coast and they have a very kind of like surfer culture like everyone's walking around with surfboards and they're in the back of vans that they've like turned into kind of like their house and like everyone goes to the beach and like Everyone just loves nature in Australia, which I'd say is a little different than America. Like, people love being outdoors. If they don't have to be inside, they never will be. Um, They really, like, embrace just the outdoors, which I I admired a lot because I've never really thought of it like that, and that's something that I came to really love when I was in Australia. Um, I would say, when we went to Melbourne, we did the Great Ocean Road, which was, like, the most amazing thing ever, and we drove for, like probably 10 hours in this van on the road and stopped at so many different places, like the 12 apostles and just like beautiful like sightseeing areas that we took so many pictures at and it was just a great experience overall. I felt like I saw so many different things and met so many people and I would definitely recommend studying abroad to anyone who's even considering it because it might seem scary at first, like leaving your family and stuff, but I promise once you get there, you'll miss your family and stuff, but you'll also be able to talk to them And you're only there for three months, and it's such it's so great.
0: Tell me you took lots of pictures and videos oh, yeah. while you're there. So many. I'm, uh, I'm, as you know, I'm always thinking outside the box here. I think it, it might be a good idea. We should talk this summer about maybe you doing a little presentation. I could actually see us working with our collaboration with the library of maybe uh, putting on a pre- presentation by Haley Faye. Yeah, what, that'd what, be great. What's it like going overseas? Yeah. And, uh, and really talk about Australia, because obviously mm-hmm. that's where you are. So, all right. So then the craziness started. So yes. I can remember. Now, I didn't know you were abroad until Demi because we were thinking, you know, starting to think about our summer and who's going to be administrators. And uh, I'm like, well, you know, text Haley, I, I want to talk to her. And she goes, well, you know, she's in Australia. And I'm like, uh, no, I actually didn't know that. But, you know, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching the news and I'm watching basically and not to minimize it, but Australia on fire. Like I'm watching these horrendous, horrendous pictures of the fires in Australia. What was that like being in the country? How close were you to any of that or how did it at least feel close to that? What was that like?
1: So that was really crazy. Before I left for Australia, I heard about the fires and I was very nervous that this was going to affect my trip. Little did I know that the global pandemic would do that at the end of it. But the fires, so I was in Gold Coast and the fires were mostly affecting Sydney, which was south of me, um, about an hour plane ride south of me. And they were just horrible, like absolutely terrible. And I was not directly affected by them because I was above them but i was very nervous the whole time that i would be affected by them and just so many people's lives were being destroyed and the forest and all the animals inside there and um we actually participated in a few things in the gold coast to support the fires like we went to a restaurant where like if you bought certain things and like they would donate money to help save the koalas and things like that So I definitely, me and my friends definitely did take part in supporting it, but we definitely were not directly affected by it. Um, We actually went to Sydney at the end of our trip in Australia, and we had known this for a while, so we were a little nervous that we wouldn't be able to go to Sydney, and I'm so happy we were able to because that was probably one of my favorite places that I went to, but it was definitely horrible and took a very big toll on Australia in general and kind of just the sense of community, community they had um they really did their best to help out and i'm happy that it's over now but it definitely was horrible for australia for a while
0: at any point in time did you think that you were going to again we're not even in the global pandemic piece but at any point in time did you think that would actually cut your semester short or was that a fear of yours
1: once i was there i kind of realized that it wasn't as close to me as I thought, but before I got to Australia, I didn't really know how close Sydney was to Gold Coast, so I was actually nervous that I wasn't gonna be able to go at all, that they were gonna say, it's not safe here, you shouldn't come at all, because when it first started, I was still in North Andover. But once I got there, I, I kinda eased my anxiety about it because I realized how far away it was. But for a while, yes, I did think that I wasn't going to be able to go
0: at all. And we're happy that those um, obviously those wildfires have ceased and mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of work was done to save the wildlife. And obviously some some terrible, terrible effects to eco, ecologically to the area, but hopefully better days in in, in that case. Um, I'm a little bit of a wacko, Haley. Uh, I've been following pandemic stuff for more years than I want to say. Uh, It's probably one of my fears that I've always had. I've watched, you know, I've lived through through AIDS, HIV-AIDS. I've lived through Ebola. um, And, you know, watching movies like Contagion, and I can name about 15 other movies that I've watched. Um, So all of a sudden, I'm watching the TV in late December um, and hearing about Wuhan China and um, thinking about, you know, Jesus, is this just going to be a minor thing? Is this going to be like the bird flew to a certain degree. And then, you know, I'm watching it develop in China and then obviously develop on that part of the world. So, you know, the Philippines, uh, you know, Korea, all the way down to New Zealand and Australia also. Uh, What was it like when you first kind of saw the pandemic at that point affecting the country that you were in and talk a little bit about because we'll get into your mother in a a second in terms of your family but i want to know how you felt like first of all you're halfway on the other side of the world you're literally on the other side of the world Uh, what was it like when this was all coming to light
1: so when i first found out about it it was actually because i had friends from umass amherst that were studying in italy so they were sent home Pretty, like probably a month before I was. So I first kind of realized how serious it was when they were sent home. And then I honestly didn't really understand the extent of it, what was happening in America, because I was so far away, but I knew that this was definitely a problem. I actually thought because there weren't a ton of cases in Australia right away that we were gonna be fine and we were gonna be able to stay for the rest of our trip, but that changed so quickly. Um, I was definitely worried for my family's safety I didn't really have all the facts about it. I didn't have any parents with me informing me about stuff. I was definitely doing my own research, but probably not as much as I should have because I was traveling and I was on a ton of planes and doing all of that. But when I found out that it was really definitely going to affect us, I was actually traveling in Bali, Indonesia with my friends um, for a week. And we kind of realized that we were at this point we were going to be sent home so obviously everyone was very upset and we didn't want this to be happening to us and we thought it was unfair until we kind of realized that it was really about the safety of everyone else and that it was best if we did go home and I can't really be upset because I had such a great three months, but I definitely wish I could have had that last month. Um, So, yeah, I was in Indonesia when I found out that I'd have to be going home, so we cut our trip two days short there. And then when we came back to Australia, we thought we would be okay for a little bit, like maybe another two weeks, and we'd have to go home two weeks early versus a month. But it was pretty quick. My parents called me, and they said, like, you, you have to come home, like, there's no, because the borders were going to be shutting down and they didn't want me to be stuck in Australia for who knows how long, like, months and months. So, yeah, it was crazy because it all happened so fast. I honestly didn't even realize it was much of a problem until, like, a week before I had to be coming home
0: so i'm a i'm a parent i have a daughter that's uh, actually a year older than you um so take me from the parents perspective right so your parents are over here in little old north andover and their baby girl is at the other end of the world um what was their emotions i'm sure they're trying to be very parent like right be confident be uh, but they got to be quite frankly you know really scared uh, and worried about you what were those phone calls like at home when you were still in Australia and and they were reaching out to you and vice versa
1: so they were definitely very scared obviously when we were talking on the phone they were trying to inform me about what was happening and Lightly tell me that I was definitely going to be coming home, but at the same time They were definitely very sad that I had been waiting to do this for so long and That I was gonna have to be coming home actually my dad was supposed to be Landing in Australia to visit me the day that I landed home in Boston So that was upsetting too because I was really looking forward to him coming to visit me and being able to show him everything that like I had been doing for the past three months show him all my favorite spots and everything But they were very scared and knew that this was the right thing to do, that I really didn't have the option to stay there because it was just so risky. The borders could have closed at any minute, and I wouldn't have been able to come home for any given amount of time. So definitely sad for me, but also scared. And if we felt so far away anyways, like I really couldn't have been farther away from them than being in Australia, so it was definitely scary, especially with the amount of travel it takes to come home. It really takes like more than a day to get home from Australia to Boston. So it was scary because a lot of flights were getting canceled. Like my dad would book a flight for me to come home and then that would get canceled 30 minutes later. So then you'd have to do it again. And it was just getting, the flights were getting very limited because no one was traveling. So they weren't, airlines weren't holding a lot of flights. Even on my flight home, there was probably only 10 people on it. Like, really not anyone at all. So
0: so it sounds like your father was doing a lot as a father trying to get you home. Yes. Tell me a little bit about what was UMass doing? Remember, they're, they're the school that sent you there or part of that. Uh, how helpful or not helpful was the university in getting you back to the States?
1: It was interesting because... Certain universities um, did pay for the flights home for their students abroad Like they covered the cost of them coming home UMass actually didn't do that They were sending us a lot of emails like every day making sure that we knew that they cared But at the same time, I think they were really trying to Make sure we could have had um, as much of an abroad experience as we planned on so they were Updating us regularly and like letting us know if they were gonna be sending us home or not so basically my, UMass or um, my study abroad program in Australia could have decided to send us home first. And my abroad program program decided first to send us home, which basically cancels like our travel insurance. So when they did that, we had to go home as soon as possible or else we wouldn't been, have been able to at all. Um, so that's what happened first. And then I think like two days after I landed home in Boston, UMass emailed us and said, if you haven't come home already, you have to. So, I would say they weren't a huge role in me coming home, but they were also being supportive and letting us know that they did care. But I think that they just didn't know what to do because this has never happened before, and they wanted us to be able to stay if we could, so.
0: Yeah. And I'm not trying to be critical of you, Mass Amherst. You're very fortunate to have two parents that would have, you know, done anything they possibly could to get you home. I I do worry about maybe the college student that doesn't have the parental support that you have. And uh, because it's scary time. Take me through just even getting to the airport, uh, hoping that your plane was going to take off. And then what, you know, we've talked a couple of times about how long this flight is. Uh, You know, people are panicking, like, you know, should you be on a plane during this period of time? How many people will be on? On the plane what was it like and what was the feeling quite frankly when you landed at logan airport so
1: i flew out of an airport to come home that was about an hour drive from where i was staying in the gold coast called brisbane so my friend drove me and a couple other friends to the airport in the morning and we boarded the plane and the airport just had a Like everyone was you could tell everyone was panicked and everyone was wearing masks and gloves and some people were even wearing like full-body suits to protect themselves Um, you could just tell everyone was really nervous to be in an airport at all because of Course some people had to be flying home, but they didn't want to be in an airport like I even met someone on the plane who um, was living in Australia but he had to go home to a different like he had to go home to Canada so he was flying to Boston um, to California and then to Canada afterward. So when you met people on your plane you could kind of just understand like how many different scenarios this was affecting. Um, yeah everyone in the airport like the staff of the airport was cleaning everything constantly which made me feel a little bit better. I kind of honestly just felt. Helpless like I had kind of had the mindset. Well, if I'm gonna get sick, I'm gonna get sick. It's really hard to be traveling for 30 hours and not Get sick, I guess which I didn't thank God, but um, yeah so when I got on the flight to LA we were just so sad like we couldn't believe this was happening to us It almost didn't feel real because it had happened so quickly within the span of like two days And then once we kind of landed in California and everyone was American again, it kind of hit us, and we were like, okay, we're really not going back. And then once I landed in um, Boston at Logan, it was amazing to see my parents. I was so excited to see them and give them a hug and everything, but it really did just feel so weird because I had been away from them for three months and in such a beautiful country of Australia with the warm weather. And of course, when we landed in Logan, um, it was raining and freezing, so that kind of didn't make it any better but it was definitely really nice to see them but also it kind of hit me right then that my study abroad program was cut short
0: and that's obviously very unfortunate obviously family um, reunions at airports are very special Um, and this one had to be unbelievably special from both your parents and and your siblings and you actually being back there so what day did you actually land back in Boston
1: I think I land back in Boston on March
0: 20th. March 20th. Yeah. So you've been home for about six weeks now. Yes. Um, Now, you – obviously went away to college you literally went on the other end of the world lived by yourself now you're back in our little town of north andover with mr and mrs fay and jack and tyler um, what's the best things about being as a family back home and and let's be honest what's the when you're so independent what's the most challenging thing being back in your house
1: i would say the best thing about being back home is kind of just relaxing with my family like i spend all of my time with my family like hanging out in my living room or going on walks or anything like that. And it's nothing super exciting, but like I really do love spending time with them, even if it's just like little things, joking around or watching a movie or something like that. So I definitely am happy to be home with them. And it's reassuring to know that everyone's safe and like seeing them in person with this whole global pandemic going on. It was kind of scary when I was so far away and didn't truly know if everyone was okay. Um, so I really like that. and. Me and my mom do like little fun whatever crafts or whatever to stay busy and I love being with my dogs too and this beautiful weather that we're having this weekend is definitely helping like be outside and have fun with that Um, I'd say the hardest thing about being home is just kind of remembering all the fun stuff that I did the past three months and just there you really can't do anything obviously during this pandemic nothing's open or anything. So that's probably the hardest thing about it, just remembering like all the times with my friends and looking at pictures and stuff and talking about stories of things I did. Like I I just love to travel, it's like my favorite thing. So it's hard to like think back about Australia, but I'm obviously so grateful for the time I had there. And I'm excited for, obviously we don't know when, but for everything to open back up and be able to do like things that I love to do in North Andover with my family again will be really exciting.
0: So last summer I mentioned I saw a little bit of a different Haley Faye when she came back from her first year of college. Tell me how this last year and obviously you've had and anybody in your age group has had an incredible experience here. How has going to UMass this first semester, going to study abroad in a beautiful country, Uh, dealing with unbelievable things, nothing like obviously even the pandemic. Um, How have you changed? How have all of those things maybe helped you grow a little bit more this year?
1: I think that being at UMass first semester, I just gained a lot of confidence this year in myself. And I had an amazing time with my friends, and we made so many good memories. I definitely feel like I became a little more independent, but at the same time living in the dorms at UMass, it's hard to – Fully gain independence, but I definitely think going abroad. I lived in an apartment with um, four of my other friends and I Like became so much more independent like just doing everything on my own Dealing with even like being in airports and traveling booking trips and Airbnbs and all that like helped me gain so much independence and I also think I did gain a lot of confidence throughout this year Like being a freshman at college, it's amazing, but it is a little bit hard because you're meeting so many different people and some people like lose a little bit of confidence based on who you're friends with. But I think that this year was so great for me growing wise. Like I just think that I made so many new friends and I made a lot of academic progress and it was so great to be studying academics in another country too. Just like how they learn is very different and I think that I just got a lot more experience with different kinds of learning, and I think that meeting different kinds of people kind of, like, made me, I don't, like, open up a little bit about different cultures and everything like that, like, different mindsets that people have. I think that I was kind of, American mindset is very different than Australian, and I think that Australians have a great mindset about just kind of going with the flow and, like, doing what they love and not really caring about what other people think. So I think that being there really helped me to grow in that way.
0: So let's talk about a little bit of uh, the unknown, right? So you're slated after this hopefully wonderful summer, we're all gonna have you're slated to go back for your junior year and you'll be joined by your brother who will become a freshman. He's graduating the high school. Uh, he'll be a freshman at umass amherst what's the anxiety of what and what have you been told right now in terms of the fall semester there's talk about a return to the school there's talk about no return to the school and online learning um how's your feelings on all that
1: honestly i'm very maybe a little too confident but i'm very confident that we will be able to go back to school in the fall um right now it's only the beginning of may so i think that hopefully by then things will be all right but at the same time I'm not as worried for myself in that way because I have a house in Amherst next year so either way I will be living there and I do have two years of experience that will help me with online learning a little bit better but I am a little more nervous for my brother who's going to be a freshman um, just because learning in college is so different and you definitely need the experience of being with a professor and being in a classroom in order to um, really get all the learning that you intended to get. So. I'm a little more nervous for him in that sense, but at the same time, online learning is, I'd say it's much more difficult than learning in person just because it's hard to understand everything when you're basically teaching yourself. So I'm really hopeful that we will be able to go back to school in the fall in the normal way. I'm thinking that the most possible like the most probable thing that will happen is we'll kind of do like a half and half like some classes will be online and some will be in person and maybe like they'll try to make the class sizes smaller which is hard at umass because there's so many kids that go there but i'm hopeful that we'll be fine but if we're not i am less worried for myself and more worried for the incoming freshmen just because of this style of learning how it differs from high school
0: Absolutely. Um, I love your optimism because I am the same way. Um, I do think um, like I'm not willing to say we're not going to have a summer program. We're going to do everything in our power, as you've heard, because you're part of our what we call our think tank on how we're going to make the summer healthy and um, safe for everybody. And I'm hoping that everybody does get back to go to college um, in just the way you did talk about that. So let's talk a little bit about it while you're out fighting wildfires and a global pandemic on the other end of the world. We were in little North Andover trying to figure out um, our administrative team for the summer. And you had been with us for a couple of years. Um, And you were someone that we thought about moving up the food chain a little bit. Um, And uh, we appointed you as an assistant coordinator. Um, And the reason we had to transfer you is it was an opening uh, for an assistant coordinator at Sargent. So you're used to working with our third, fourth, and fifth graders. So this summer you'll be working with our K-1 and 2s. Uh, What's it like being named an assistant coordinator? And tell me a little bit about your feelings about um, your hopes for summer 2020.
1: I was very, very excited when I found out that I was going to be appointed assistant coordinator at Sargent. Obviously, I've worked at Drummond in the past, but I'm super excited to be able to work with the younger kids. I think it's gonna be a little bit of a challenge, maybe a little different working with a younger age group, but I'm also very excited because when I work as a substitute teacher at Kittredge, I love working with the little kids. I just think they have so much energy and so much, they want to do everything and I'm really excited for that. Um I think that in terms of summer 2020, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to do summer fun in some capacity, obviously. I think that it's important to really try to do that and I think that we'll definitely be able to figure out ways to make that happen. So I'm super excited to be working with the younger kids and I'm extremely grateful that I was appointed assistant coordinator.
0: Well, we're very excited. To, first of all, well, well deserved uh, to be um, promoted, and uh, we're really looking forward to having you this summer. And yes, to all of our listeners, we are going to do whatever we can to have some version of summer 2020. We're running out of time, Haley, but I got two more questions for okay. you. Uh, what advice would you give to the seniors that are graduating high school right now and heading off to college? It was only two years ago that you were in this situation, getting ready to graduate high school um, and then you head it off and obviously we've talked it a couple of times during this podcast, you are in a lot of ways a, a different person I don't want to say different per se but you've grown a lot in two years what's your little advice to Jack's grade and, as they graduate and start to head off in September to their new destinations
1: I would say my advice is that even though it sounds cheesy like college is amazing and you're going to love it and it's obviously natural to be nervous but like you're going to you're going to make friends, you're going to be fine academically, like you're going to love it. I would say my academic advice is probably just to, um, even if you do go to a huge school where you think that your professors aren't gonna know who you are, definitely make the effort to make bonds with them because it's really gonna help you in the long run. Like if you're struggling in their class, they're gonna wanna help you or even after you take their class and you don't have them again as a professor, they can help you find your career path or anything like that if they have um, advice to offer. I would say my other advice is to just be open-minded. Be open to being friends with everyone and wanting to join clubs and anything like that. Like at college a lot of time you'll just be walking to class and people will be handing out flyers about like something that they're starting, a club they're doing, or like a movement they're, they're planning. Always be open-minded and understand that everyone's different and it's okay to be different. Um, Coming from a sort of like small town and going to a big school like UMass, it was definitely a little bit of a shock at first about how many people were there, but I'm so happy that I was able to meet so many different kinds of people. So I would say that's what my advice is.
0: That's really great advice. Let's take us home with, uh, we kind of give our guests the final word and, uh, I'd want to, in your final word, I'd like you to tell us what's the future hold for Haley Fay, uh, in terms of, you know, the next five, 10 years, some of your wishes. You've talked a lot about being an elementary school uh, teacher. What's the future hold for you?
1: Well, I hope that in the next couple years that I can continue college normally, despite the pandemic and, um, i'm going to be doing a fifth year whether that's at umass or not to hopefully get my master's degree in um, education so that's a little bit of a short-term term goal i have of myself and then um, after that i definitely want to become hopefully become a teacher in an elementary school i'm not sure where really i'm not sure if i want to stay in north andover or go to like a surrounding town i'm not really sure but in the near future that's definitely my goal is to graduate and then get a job somewhere as an elementary school teacher. I'm just really excited to do that because it's something I've wanted to do since I was little, was be a teacher and I'm so excited for it.
0: Well, there's no doubt we've seen you grow up from uh, the little girl in the middle school to a a fine young woman. um, And I know you will be successful in whatever you do. There's no doubt in my mind on that. I wanna thank you for coming on the podcast and uh, not just talking about your growth, but um, talking about the scariest time in all of our lives lives right now and how this affected you and how you handled it. Uh, we here at the youth center are so happy that you are home safe and sound. And, you know, obviously we can't even compare to your family's concern about you, but understand your YC family was very worried. And I remember kept checking with Demi did, is Haley home yet? Is Haley home yet? So, and I'm sure there were a lot of other of our North End of kids that might've been in the same position. Um, I know our, our Scarpa girl was, uh, I think in Italy. I think there was a, a number of other North End of kids and glad that they all made it home back to the States. And then back, to their community. So thank you very much for coming on our Youth Center podcast, Haley Fay. Thank you. As folks, as we always do, we'll be back every week with uh, new topics, new speakers. If you have any suggestions, obviously reach out to me at the email, uh, rgormannayouth.com. Unfortunately, we're still not in operation here at the Youth Center. Uh, Looks like we will be coming back staff-wise only around May 18th at the next uh, Governor's uh, statement, and it looks like around the 18th. Uh, the sound unfortunately, will be closed for the entire rest of the spring cycle, um, and we are very, very optimistic we will be back doing something for the summer, and everyone keep your fingers crossed so we can make that happen. So I want to thank Haley again, and as we finish every podcast, we always say too much passion is never enough passion.